Welcome to Thursday on the Piero Pelka podcast. It's Mike. It's been a busy week. I've been hosting in Florida on 92.5 Fox News out of Fort Myers, Naples all week. So I'm sorry if I've been lax, but I've been sharing some of the content there on the podcast arena here. And today is no exception. Today being the season finale of the uh, Democrats big show. The January 6th show. It's a very exciting day for Democrats, isn't it? They're all they're all excited. The big season finale. Will there be a cliffhanger? No. No, there won't be. I talked to Congressman Byron Donalds this morning. He represents the 19th Congressional District in uh, Florida about today. And he said, no, it's uh, it's not going to have anything that we don't know already. This really was about a third impeachment for Donald Trump. They don't want him to have a chance to run again. But the other story that no one's telling you about January 6th is what's happened to the people who've been arrested and and legally harassed by their government, even though many of them didn't even go into the Capitol. They were just there. They were part of the millions who showed up to hear Donald Trump speak. One guy who's done yeoman duty on this is Nick Searcy. Nick is a brilliant guy, and he's fearless, and he's a conservative. And he produced a film called Capital Punishment. And you should find it at CapitalPunishment.com. And find a way to see it. It's an absolute must for anyone on our side of the aisle. And it's going to show you a side of January 6th that you didn't know about. We're going to talk to Nick a little bit later in the show about his movie, but I guarantee you need to see it. Now, let's get to some of the stuff today. Does Joe Biden have COVID? I don't want anyone to get COVID. I really don't. I know a lot of people are are getting it because it has gotten more contagious. This last round of COVID is more contagious, but it's not as serious from what we're hearing from the doctor. Certainly not as deadly. So if Joe Biden does have it, I I hope he gets over it quickly. I hope he gets the best treatment. He should. He's our president. It's unfortunate he's our president, but he should get the best treatment. And um, we'll see. We'll keep you posted. The big story was also that yesterday Joe Biden told that story when he was doing his climate promotion thing because he was expected to announce a climate emergency, which would give him all kinds of additional powers. Talk about a uh, tyrannical move. COVID emergencies, then you got a climate emergency. What's the next emergency that they're going to declare to justify grabbing power and taking it away from the, the legislature? Now, I don't understand why Democrats are all about letting someone take their power. They're supposed to be three co equal branches of government, but the Democrats know as long as, as it gets our agenda, we're, we'll be good with that. So yesterday, Joe was in Massachusetts speechifying, and he told a big whopper about his health. He told a story about having cancer. He doesn't have cancer based on what the White House told us after that speech. But if you watched it, you know it. If you watch the news, you know it, too. It was uh, Joe up there speechifying and saying that he had gotten cancer because he lived in a bad neighborhood. It was a terrible neighborhood. It's uh, Claymont, Delaware. Here, here's that clip, a little bit of that moment from yesterday. My mother drove us, and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. 
you had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. So we haven't fact-checked the Delaware highest cancer rate in the nation thing yet, but I did look at the numbers for cancer right now, and Delaware's not even in the top 10 in terms of cancer per capita. So currently, that's, that's not really truthful. That's not real news. But the other part of this story is Joe was saying how he lived about a mile away from this uh, little Catholic school, Holy Rosary, And uh, it was near a highway, a four-lane highway, so his mom used to drive him. But he told that story, a similar version, in April of this year. And the geniuses at Town Hall caught it. And and they're kind of pointing out, hey, that might be Bravo Sierra. Here's here's the April statement that Joe Biden made. When I went to a small little school, that was about uh, a mile from the apartment complex we lived in and a little school called Holy Rosary. And I, you couldn't walk to school because although it was a four-lane access highway, it was just too dangerous to cross some of the streets. And my mother would get in the, and when it came spring, I mean, it came in the fall, this is the God's truth. And you'd get in the car, and there's a little frost on the window, turn on the windshield wiper, there'd be an oil slick, not a joke. I have asthma, and 80% of the people who, in fact, we grew up with have asthma. I just, and- so... That story about the windshield being dirty, and then he puts in that he has asthma and 80% of the people he grew up with have asthma. That sounded familiar to people paying attention yesterday. Apartment complex when we moved to Delaware, and just up the road to a little school I went to, Holy Rosary Grade School. And because it was a four-lane highway that was accessible, my mother drove us, and rather than us be able to walk, and guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's Yeah, that's how he got cancer. Apparently, the White House press crew rushed out to say, no, 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 he does not have cancer. He did, however, Joe Biden did, however, have something removed from his skin. It was not malignant. They were melanomas, they said, but it's not recent. Now, this reminded me that earlier we had the unusual story that Joe told in, uh, in Israel last week. He was in Israel visiting a Palestinian hospital, and Joe told this story to the nurses who he was trying to say, you're not, you're not appreciated enough, and they certainly aren't. Joey? People haven't gone through. Yeah. But I look back on, and I don't think you nurses are nearly appreciated enough. What I found was, you lie in the ICU, and I've not said this publicly before, and you look at the monitors, and you know if the line goes flat, you're dead. You don't know who each monitor is, but you know. And I really mean it, it's true. But you just get tired, even when you're not in pain, and you just want to quit. And the nurses at Walter Reed Hospital would come up and they'd rub my face. They'd whisper in my ear. They'd get close and tell me it's going to be okay. They 
made a difference in my life. Yeah, so Joe told that story and said he had never told it before. He had never told it before, and yet that story was very familiar. And I had a nurse at, at uh, nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear. Wow. They'd go home and get me pillows. They would make sure they'd actually, probably nothing ever taught in, uh, you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get, get me moving. It's weird, isn't it? He told it in April. He told it last July, almost exactly a year ago to the day. It's like that story about Angelo, the train conductor, that's not true. And he keeps telling it, even though he's been told it's not true. Why does he keep telling this story? He's not well. And now he's got COVID. For the sake of our country, because we know what happens if Joe's not well. For the sake of our country. My God, let's help the president get better. All right, I'm going to take a, a quick break here. I'm waiting on, uh, uh, of course, Nick Searcy to join us. Nick is a rock star. Nick is amazing. Nick is the brains behind this film called uh, Capital Punishment. It's about what happened at the Capitol. And in the film, there is a video that's heartbreaking. It shows Ashley Babbitt two hours before, two and a half hours before she was killed murdered at the Capitol. I have to ask him about it. Here's here's that clip of Ashley Babbitt. There's an estimated over 3 million people here today. So despite what the media tells you, boots on ground definitely say something different. There is a sea of nothing but red, white, and blue patriots and Trump. And it was amazing to get to see the president talk. We are now walking down the inaugural path to the Capitol building. Three million plus people. God bless America, patriots. God bless Ashley Babbitt. She's no longer with us. Uh, Nick also interviewed her husband. And that portion was heartbreaking as well. When we return, Nick Searcy with the story of capital punishment right here on the Pure Opelka podcast. Well, I've been bragging about the movie for a couple of days now. And uh, we're fortunate enough to have the guy that uh, produced Capital Punishment, the film I've been telling you, you need to find, and I'll repeat it, CapitalPunishmentTheMovie.com is where you should go and uh, go into your pocket and spend a little money to see uh, uh, just a, a, an example of what happened on January 6th that you're not seeing anywhere else. You're not seeing it on ma- mainstream media, and it's certainly not going to be allowed in the theaters because it does something really bold and brave, and it tells the truth unvarnished without an agenda. And as I mentioned, we're lucky enough to have the guy that produced it. Nick Searcy is with us. Nick's an actor. Nick's a director. Nick's a writer. Nick is a uh, like a quadruple threat in Hollywood. And so, Nick, since you're a conservative, you're probably a quintuple threat. Is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the fourth one is, but yeah, I've, uh, I'm a I'm a threat. That's for sure. Um, and but the irony is that I've been working lately more than ever. So you, you just never know. It's a uh, it's a funny business. Well, I, I like hearing that because that means talent will um, outweigh political bias, and that's a good sign <laughs> for all of us. So. Congrats, and well, I'm, I'm sure, happy for you. I'm sure that my uh, politics cost me some jobs, but the fact of the matter is they get me others. I mean, some people want to work with me because I don't keep my mouth shut. 
Um, and I try to encourage everybody out there, stop, stop being afraid of these Hollywood bullies. They don't control everything. Be who you are and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, and, and if you do that, and if your talent is there, the work will find you and vice versa, as you have experienced. Let's talk about this movie, Nick. Um, the, the capital punishment film, it's mostly documentary, but you get a little bit of Nick Searcy's humor in there at, to kind of let the, let the pressure out a little bit. Yeah, we, we, uh, well, I can't make a movie without making a few stupid jokes. That's just <laughs> in, my, in my nature, but it's also, I mean, we, when we were making the movie, it, it's so, the, the material is so gripping and depressing when you see what the government is doing to these innocent Americans, these decent people who've never been arrested for anything before in their lives, I sort of decided we've got to have a little bit of humor in here. Otherwise, it's just going to be like a plane crash. We've we, we got to keep it uh, keep it moving a little bit. So I think the humor really helps the movie. It, it helps the impact of the movie. It makes it more watchable. Yeah, it does. And it punctuates. And it's a, like you said, it's a pressure release. Um, well, I will tell you, the little hairs on the back of my neck and my arms stood up very early in this film when you shared video of Ashley Babbitt two and a half hours before she was killed. And I, I had not seen that. To my knowledge, that's not featured anywhere but in your film. And it's, um, it, it was a surprise. Is that something that's common out there outside of your film? Well, it's out there, but, you know, the media will not put that on television. The reason you haven't seen it is that it hasn't been on any mainstream media news reports because what they've done to Ashley Babbitt is demonize her and tried to make it sound like she's some rabid, crazy, right-wing Trump supporter when, in fact, she's in that hallway. We have footage that I, that's, we found after we finished the film. She's in that hallway trying to get the people to stop breaking the windows. She's in that hallway talking to the police saying you need more reinforcements up here. Wow. She's actually trying to stop the violence right before seconds before she gets killed. Wow. Wow. And then uh, I'm not going to uh, play any of it because I want people to see this film. But near the end of the film, you interview her, her husband. And yeah. I have to tell you, that was a gut punch for me. I had, I had oh. tears in my eyes watching the interview with Ashley Babbitt's husband and him telling stories about the woman he loved, it was heartbreaking. It's terrible. It's terribly heartbreaking. I mean, when we were shooting that, the entire crew was uh, moved by by Aaron's story. And, and it just goes to show you the way that they have lied about who she was. To have her husband actually come out and tell you exactly who she was and exactly what she believed and how she lived it is a gut punch, and it it's infuriating. The way that they have covered up her murder, the way that they have lied about the circumstances of her being killed, is uh, it's it's not only it's chilling, it's chilling that the government thinks they can get away with this. And it's also troublesome. The other examples you have in the film Capital Punishment, there are examples of people like the Kinnison family and uh, the Martinez family. Who, who didn't go inside the building, who were outside of the building, and yet their lives are upside down, and they're being, they're being threatened with serious jail time, and they were, they were offered plea deals that they turned down. Is there any update on the stories of those two families? 
Yeah, well, they they their uh, sentencing hearings or their trial, they're, they're, they haven't been convicted yet. Uh, they keep uh, trying to postpone it because they keep so the government keeps saying we need more evidence. You know, we haven't compiled all our evidence. Well, they're postponing it because the evidence exonerates them. And what they're trying to do to these families is what they've done to everybody else. They attack these middle class people that really don't have the resources to mount a vigorous $200,000 defense, and they just railroad them. And a lot of times uh, these, these families have court-appointed public defenders, all of whom live in Washington, D.C., because you can't argue before the court in Washington unless you're licensed in the District of Columbia. And, of course, the District of Columbia is 96% Democrat. Most of these attorneys literally hate the people that they're trying to defend, and so they keep trying to get them to plea bargain, just accept this one felony and you'll only go to jail for a couple of months. But then, of course, you won't be able to vote. You won't be able to own a firearm and your, your life will be ruined. And that that's really what the point is. They're trying to ruin these people's lives to send a message to everyone else to say, don't ever, ever try to protest your government ever again or this will happen to you. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, um, but Hillary Clinton was the one who was always running around screaming, uh, dissent is patriotic, and and the, this yeah. is kind of dissent when you're protesting. But in the case of some of these people, as as is example shown in your movie time after time, uh, one example after another, uh, these some of these people didn't even go in the building. And then the case of the two 77-year-old twins, there couldn't have been nicer, less threatening ladies in the world, but they had to go through a little bit of financial hell. And and then yeah. I, I have to ask you about Dr. Gold, Dr. Simone Gold, who actually yeah. did, did go in the building and she committed the crime of uh, using a bullhorn, I guess. Is there a federal crime against using a bullhorn in the Capitol? No. And, and well, but that case in in itself is so interesting the way it all turned out i mean she she was supposed to give a speech on that day outside she got to the place where she was supposed to give the speech and they told her the speech had been canceled which she wasn't aware of and so they went inside the building stayed within the ropes when they went in and somebody gave her a bullhorn and she gave her speech inside the rotunda room and then left and no, no violence. They didn't break anything. They didn't threaten anyone. And then she was charged with all this. Uh, you know, you see in the movie how the FBI broke down her door and how yeah. she was treated and how she was imprisoned without a phone call for days. And then just recently, she wound up pleading guilty to one charge of trespassing. And even though she pled guilty, they still sentenced her to two months in prison and a year's probation. So the way that, you know, so many people in, the, in this situation have made the mistake of thinking they will get leniency if they cooperate with the government, and they're not giving any leniency. They just put another 69-year-old woman in jail for, like, I think three years. Oh, my God. Just last week. I mean, it it is really sinister what they're doing. And, and the, the issue here that bothers me is there are thousands of hours of tape that we have not been allowed to see. We have seen instances where the Capitol Police opened the doors, let people in. The guy with the furry vest and the big hat was escorted into the chamber. And, you know, why was all that allowed to happen if this was such a heinous 
uh, violation of the law, why didn't those cops just grab that guy and say, I'm sorry, you're not allowed in here. I, I just don't understand so much of it, Nick. And it seems like yeah. so, something stinks. Something stinks to well, high heavens here. It was a setup. I mean, it was definitely planned that the police deliberately allowed people to go in. They were obviously under orders from somebody. The two grandmothers that you you uh, mentioned before, the twin sister grandmothers in their 70s, they said they saw people going in and out of the building in a very orderly fashion. And they say to each other, do you want to go in? And they go, well, I'd like to see what it looks like. And they go in, they ask the police if it's okay if they're in there. And the police say yes. They took a couple of pictures. They turn around and walk out. And three weeks later, the FBI is pounding on their door, threatening them with charging them with domestic terrorism, telling them they're going to be on a no-fly list. I mean, this is deliberate intimidation. There is no legal basis for any of this stuff. And yet they're getting away with it with impunity. The January 6th committee is lying to the American people. They won't, they won't speak to anyone that would present another side of it because all they're trying to do is advance their narrative and demonize Trump and Trump supporters and make it impossible for anybody like Trump to ever, ever run again. Yeah, it's terrifying. And I, I, I don't want to um, give away any more. I want people to see this. So if you yeah. go to the website capitalpunishmentthemovie.com you can find out a way to see it and sometimes during the hearings uh, OAN runs this on their channel as counter programming Nick I, yeah. I know you're going to keep fighting I just hope um, you know that whenever you need somebody to stand shoulder to shoulder with you I'll be there for you I, I love what you're doing and I just uh, appreciate you so much sir well, thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me. You can also find the movie at other locations. You can find it on my Locals page, uh, com. You can access the movie there and also at GiveMeLibertyNow.org. All three of those sites you can find the film. And uh, I encourage everyone to, to check it out, no matter what side of the fence you're on. I'm just interviewing people who were there and who were subsequent, subsequently arrested uh, and you should hear their side of the story because the January 6th committee won't let them speak. And it could happen to you. That's what I keep telling Absolutely. people. It could happen Absolutely. to you. Thank you, Nick. God bless you. I hope to see you in Dallas at CPAC. I keep telling them they need to get you down there, so maybe we'll be there together. I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. 